Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and visual working memory, the mind's eye. Before we get into uh, the content, uh, really quickly, I want to uh, let everybody know that this program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as CHAD. In celebration of that event, we are... um, we're giving away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a keyword a couple times through the show. Um, write down that keyword and listen to another one of our shows for a keyword. When you have two, email the keywords to me. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. And when I get it, I will want to get your email. I will forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine. And then they will send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it is printed. Again, our program is being brought to you by Chad. We've got a little tip uh, we're going to share, and we'll get into the show. Are you looking for podcasts that provide practical information, insightful tips, and strategies for managing ADHD? Chad's ADHD 365 and All Things ADHD podcasts will keep you updated on the latest trends, recommendations, and revelations about ADHD. Chad's podcasts will hold your attention while keeping you informed. Subscribe for free and start listening today. Visit chad.org slash podcasts. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay. Um, our topic tonight is ADHD and visual working memory, the mind's eye. Um, and to frame out this show, um, Executive functioning is a word that's used a lot. Um, I remember seeing Dr. Russell Barkley at a uh, conference back in 2011, and at the time he was was arguing that ADHD was an issue of executive functioning. Uh, What was interesting is if you took an executive functioning test, it didn't show up as an impairment. Uh, but basically, in his presentation, he went through like seven different ways that uh, to argue that ADHD had to be an executive functioning. And uh, one of the things that he arrived at, the problem with executive function is there was no consensus definition. In fact, I believe he said there was like 34 that he could find in the literature and basically said, you know, it's a dog's breakfast out there, kind of anything goes. And so he went off and embarked on a way to kind of seek to to bring some specificity to the definition so that we could do something about because it's hard to, to manage anything that you, you, anything goes. 
Um, in doing his work, he did re he did come across it. The the researchers, uh, people in general, agreed that self regulation was a major a major executive functioning, and that we had a great definition of. It was the ability to direct an action back on yourself, to change your behavior, to change the future. It was a future directed act. And with that definition, we could go through, and there's a whole sloth of stuff that he would say you got to have a Swiss Army knife that could determine what was and was not executive functioning. So as time uh, went on in his construct to argue that ADHD is an executive functioning, executive functioning we think about is really kind of invisible um, and very difficult to make tangible. So what he did is he, he broke an executive function down into uh, six what he calls mind tools. Um, and they develop um, kind of on top of each other, and they are self-awareness, uh, self-restraint, visual imagery, uh, talking to yourself or self-talk, regulation of your emotion or emotional self-regulation, and playing with information in your mind. Um, the ability to do this with intent re requires one to have self-regulation. We've done a lot of shows uh, related to working memory. Uh, Working memory has two parts, visual imagery and self-talk. Today what I want to do is we're going to break down visual imagery uh, or visual working memory. Uh, I'm going to attempt this to do this in a way that you can begin to understand uh, working memory, visual working memory, and how it impacts your, your world and why often people with ADHD, the issue is not as much a focus problem as it is a, a thinking problem. And so... What I'm going to share with you today, I'm not going to necessarily say is all scientific, because uh, sometimes you just have to have a way of thinking about things so you can get your head around it in a, in a construct that you can understand. So when I'm working with clients, I talk to them about uh, memory and thinking in general. And basically, I said, if you think about an experience that you were in, when you're in it, there's visual uh, things that are happening, uh, you can feel heat, cold, wind, uh, you can smell things, you can hear things, you filter those types of things. And when you're in an experience, imagine, if you will, that thing, which you think of a memory, it's not really a packet that's sold to any one location in your brain. That experience is split up into like billions of little pieces and scattered all over your brain. Maybe the auditory part is in the auditory section, the visual part's in the visual section. And then when you basically try to recall a memory, think of it as you're basically re-simulating. You're putting the pieces back together as best you can for your best guess of what that experience was like. As time passes, your ability to accurately construct that image of the past is diminished. So, and by the way, again, this is just a way of looking at it. So the actual recall of a memory, again, when you think of it, it's not actually like a, it's not like a picture that you store in your mind. It's a reconstruction of your best guess of what it was. And just, you know, emotions can have an influence on, on what you recall. When you think about the future, like I'm going to go into the future and I'm going to plan, you kind of dig uh, through your brain in, in the way that you grab the pieces together to reconstruct a memory. You, you take your best guess at projecting what the future might look like. You construct a simulation. So I like to talk about is when you are recalling a memory, you're constructing 
a simulation of your best guess of what it was. Or if you're thinking into the future, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're grabbing historical data uh, or thoughts, particularly ones you have an emotional tie for, and putting that together into a picture or a movie in your mind. So with that being said, working memory is the ability to construct and work with information in your mind. One of the things that I do with my clients uh, when they come to me is I'll tell, tell them five words out loud. And I'll ask them to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order without writing them down. And in that moment, you can think, well, you've got to load those words into your mind, and you've got to manipulate them and put them into alphabetical order. You're not learning anything, but you're thinking. You're playing with information in your mind with a goal-directed action. And so with that being said, you can see how some people might actually visualize uh, some of those things or not. So <clears throat> when you think of visual imagery as constructing uh, a picture, if you will, a visual image or concepts that are kind of connected together, um, it, this can be very challenging for people with ADHD. So years ago, I coached a gentleman who had had a professional organizer came in and put a whole bunch of binders together with uh, some nice little labels. And he would look at them, and literally they would be like invisible. Um, and we began to talk to him a little bit, and he, it was interesting because there's one binder in particular that we honed in on, and the label on the outside said Bank of America. Those are just three words, and they were really pretty useless to him. When he would read Bank of America, what he would basically have to do is almost kind of close his eyes and begin to think what might a Bank of America look like. And he'd have to construct a visual in his mind to associate the words with the con with what was the bank. And that was very effortful for him. So effortful um, that he might read it, construct that picture, get distracted, and it's like he'd have to reconstruct that picture in his mind. When I was working with him, what we decided to do in this particular situation is we went out, we printed um, from the internet a copy of Bank of America's logo, and we put it on the outside of the binder. And it was profound for him because he no longer had to go through the construction of what the words Bank of America would look like. He would see the logo, and he would make an association. This is a very small example of how this plays out in, in the world of people with ADHD, but uh, for some that have difficulty taking those words on a page and maybe creating a picture in their mind, that's a lot of thinking and that's a lot of effort. And often what it looks like is a focus problem because to escape all that work, a person might go play Xbox or watch YouTube videos or do something else. It looks like a focus issue, and it is. However, the epicenter is not trying it harder. It's the issue is visual imagery, and constructing that picture is very, very effortful um, and very, very challenging. Tell you what, I want to go to a break. Um, when we come back, we're going to continue on this. We're going to continue to talk about what's going on and why certain structures work for people with ADHD and others don't. Our secret word tonight is I, like E-Y-E, for mind's eye. Um, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. 
transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're here today talking about Dr. Russell Barkley's um, ADHD construct of looking at it as an executive functioning an executive function, and we're specifically looking at visual imagery as one of those elements, trying to break it down so that we can kind of make it a little bit tangible and for people who are listening to this begin to see and understand why you do what you do and begin to understand if you're going to work to try to solve some of the challenges that you know what you're solving for. Before the break, I was explaining the, the Bank of America story. I also will tell you a quick one. I was working with a woman one time in our discovery session at the end of the call, which wasn't really a coaching call, she said she'd like to get coaching on, get her things on her to-do list done. And in the discovery call, it was very clear that the woman was very, very visual. And so I just kind of popped off, said, happy to talk to you, but I was kind of, I, I don't even know, it was news to me when it came out of my mouth. I said, what, have you ever drawn pictures of to-dos? And she said, no. She said, I think I'll try it. She came back a week later, and I go, how did it go? She said, oh my God, it was really, really good. And I said, really? And then I would have stopped, but she went on. She said, I never really realized a, a letter is a symbol. And when you add letters together into a word, that's a symbol. And when you add words in a sentence, then I would create a picture of what that was. She said, I would read the list. I would create that picture, and I would go off and do something. And I, she, I got ADD. I get distracted, and that picture would evaporate. And then I would have to come back, and I'd have to reconstruct that. And she said, I just realized I would get tired of doing that, and uh, I wouldn't do it anymore. And she said, by going back to the picture, it relieved herself of that work. Again, I think this is kind of important that you begin to see some of these things, that being able to create that visual in that picture um, is a bit of a challenge. That's just constructing the picture. Now, let's talk about other ways that this kind of plays out. Um, people with ADHD struggle often with packing uh, for a trip. What I want you to know here is if you're going to pack for a trip, you're retrieving existing knowledge. You, typically, you're not learning anything new. And there's something I call free recall. That's the ability just to pull out of thin air the items that you need to take for a trip. I have found few people can do that. Usually what happens is somebody, they're doing something to cue, uh, like, like a reminder, if you will, of what they need to bring. And so this isn't everybody, but some people would begin to simulate um, what they believe the trip, almost like, like to, be, to construct a simulation, which is actually a movie of their vacation. And so they begin to walk their way through it. And as they, you know, I'm getting off the plane, it's, oh, it's cold, I need to go get a coat. And that evening I have a formal, I need to go get a tuxedo. And when they're going to get their tuxedo, they begin to think, they picture, imagine themselves putting socks and underwear on, pants undershirt, a shirt, a cummerbund, a bow tie. And as they think through that stuff, it cues them, oh, that's right, I need to get my cufflinks, oh, etc. That visual imagery of that trip helps them kind of go along to identify, um, cue up what they 
retrieve in their mind that they need to. Imagine this is if you got to the tuxedo part. In that moment, now you go wander off to look for the ideas for the tuxedo, and your mind gets filled with other ideas, and you kind of lose your place in the movie. So you've got to go back to the beginning and reconstruct it. Well, that's a lot of work. Uh, it's very effortful. And so if you keep having to stop what you're doing and rework and rework and rework and rework, this becomes very effortful before you know it. You're just escaping and uh, going to do something else. Again, what I'm trying to identify here is that that packing issue, is the focus issue, is really a, a, a visual imagery thing. Some people will actually draw timelines out. Or I've seen people pack where they have a day and they have a pile of clothes for the first day, the second day, and the third day. So they compartmentalize it visually in a map so that they don't have to create that vision in their, their mind. It's just really, really a picture. Or some of them might write down a piece of paper and they'll, they can get parts. They'll think, oh, I need to get a tuxedo cummerbund. So they'll write all those pieces down under like a Friday night. Um, but What's important here is you begin to understand is the reason that you're writing these things out or doing them visually is a person with ADHD has a hard time holding it all in their mind. Um, it's easier for them to think externally, and so that's why they put the stuff out. It's also why sometimes they need lots of room to lay everything out um, for them to see. We also begin to understand that if you need to do something like uh, a chore or take something with you to school or to work um, in order to recall what you've got to take if 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 you're having to leave and something is put away where you can't see it uh, the challenge really is is how does your brain remember that you need to take it well when you put something out that's a visual reminder um, and if you have nothing out and you have a, um, a, you know, something that you need to take to work or school and it's with your keys and you drive, you know, it's kind of nice because you've attached those two. And so you have that visual cue to say, hey, you've got to take this with you. Um, if you put it away, you, you might go and actually forget it. So we're using the visual cues as reminders to do things. Now, here's the problem. When you leave visual things out of Everything that you've got to do in a day, everything becomes invisible. You become desensitized. In fact, sometimes you get really overwhelmed. So I find with people with ADHD, there's this challenge. They need to leave things out to remember to do that, but if they leave too much stuff out, they get overwhelmed and it all becomes invisible. It all becomes overwhelming. Again, <clears throat> this is kind of interesting when you think about it as if you, for those with ADD, they're using the visual cues as a way to remember existing things that they need to do. This also explains why um, sometimes uh, people with ADHD, they'll interact better with a wall calendar. But by the way, this isn't everybody because not only can they see what they're doing, but they can see the, the context of entire week of what they're doing as opposed to looking at a cell phone where you're only looking at two or three hours. You can see what you're doing for those two or three hours, but you have a hard time visualizing or kind of holding in mind everything else you've got going that week. So it becomes difficult to take a look at your calendar and put it into a context. Um, interestingly enough, I did an interview with Dr. Russell Barkley on working memory. If you want to listen to it, just go to attention, 
Google Attention Talk Radio GPS, and we talked about working memory. We talked about visual imagery. We got to the end, and we kind of concluded, you know, paper sometimes is high tech for people with ADHD. Um, so I tell you what, let's go to another break. And we'll come back. We'll continue talking about this a little bit um, in a context to kind of help you understand the dynamic of what's going on. That visual imagery, the challenges of it, often are the, the root. The problem under the problem, what looks like a focus issue. Again, it is a focus issue, but just trying harder, um, chunking it down, doing different types of things doesn't always solve the problem. So a reminder, our secret word tonight is I, like eyeball, mind's eye. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here talking about Dr. Russell Barkley's ADHD construct, looking at ADHD as an executive functioning, executive function, excuse me. One of his mind tools is uh, visual working memory, the mind's eye. And we're talking about it right now and kind of playing it out to kind of give you a context so that it might help you see it and make it a little bit more tangible for you. So you can begin to understand what's going on and when you're trying to problem solve it, you can begin to realize some of the challenges and maybe avoid some things like before the break we were talking about papers good uh, for people with ADHD and often technology is glorified. Um, For some it's very, very helpful, but I find often uh, a lot of people with ADHD are turning to um, digital means and it's giving them a piece of a bigger picture. They can't hold it in their mind. So as Dr. Thomas Brown once said, it's like watching a basketball game through a telescope. You really, you can see maybe an inch of the floor, maybe some movement, but you really don't know what's going on. You get very frustrated. So we talked about like recalling information that you already know. You're not learning anything, whether you're packing or whether you're trying to take, remember to take something somewhere. That visual imagery and those cues can really help you. Also, when you begin to look at the world about, you know, where you are and where you are going, um, You know, when you walk into a mall and there's a map of the mall and you walk up and it orients you by saying, this is where you are. In that moment, you're looking at a map and you can see where you are. And if you want to find a store and get to it, it's relatively easy for you to look on the map and uh, I need to turn, I need to go to the right and walk and maybe turn to the left or something and then orient yourself in order to find that. 
<clears throat> visual imagery for some is the ability to create that picture in their mind. And imagine if you create that picture in your mind um, and something distracts you and you forget where you are or where you're going in that process, it can get very, very frustrated. You get distracted by other things. I'm using the mall example um, because it's an experience that all of us, many of us have. If you're going to sit down and, um, let's say, build a website, um, and you're going to think about uh, how it's all put together and how the links are going to go and how you want people to come back to it, that can be a bit of a challenge sometimes. Or if you're thinking about a process map in terms of uh, understanding how you pay your bills, um, a step-by-step -step process that are going through, or you're at work and you're trying to kind of organize something. And by the way, organization. My, my son's an industrial uh, psycho, I mean, excuse me, industrial engineer, which basically builds processes. And um, there's whole science around that where you go in and you put that together and you figure that stuff out. And a lot of times you're building process maps to think your way through what you're doing. Often people with ADHD, they don't really draw out a process. They just jump into it and they try to figure it out on their own and they get lost and they get stuck. So a lot of times people with ADHD, um, like process maps or flow charts or something, uh, helps them orient themselves, particularly like if they're working on something, they leave and they come back the next day. Um, they don't have to reconstruct or rebuild that map uh, visually or even on paper. They just come back to the map that they've got and they see where they left off and thereby they, they can continue where they're going. Um, I also find that people with ADHD sometimes struggle in school when they're dealing with concepts that are difficult for them to visualize or get their head around um, because they're not able to put that, that thought so they're just they're literally lost without a map. Again, this is just the visual imagery side of working memory, the thinking side of what goes on inside of your head. And I think if you listen to what I've been describing today, a lot of things that help people with ADHD are if they can think outside of their head. That's why they do what they do um, often, um, because if thinking is too hard, they escape it. Um, if you're working with somebody with ADHD, um, and you're the type of person that clutter is, uh, let's see, reminders for somebody else is like mental clutter for you. As I described to them is you actually have thinking style differences. What is out for one person is a visual reminder of something to do. And for somebody else, that reminder of something to do is like, since it hasn't been done, they feel like they need to get it done. It's pressure to them and they can't think. The idea here, how are you going to live in that space? Well, a lot of times what you have to do is either make it look like this item is supposed to be there or like I've done it before where there's a bunch of items out on a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a filing, not filing cabinet, but a bunch of shelves and you have curtains so you can open it and close it at different times for those visual things to take place or you have certain rooms where you just close the doors because if you have ADHD and you require those visual things in order to cue it to remember what to do if you take them all away you're not going to be as productive um, if you're somebody who can't think because of all that stuff um, and you and you're able to put away the other person with AD will have a challenge so the idea is you try to design the environment to uh, manage both of your styles if that makes some sense um,
there are a lot of people that say I'm very visual and I can remember things visually. I do find that that is the case sometimes. But what I often see them is they, they can think in terms of pictures, but it's a picture. It's not a series of pictures like a movie might be. Um, I also find people with ADHD, when they're trying to build something, uh, plan something, or develop something, they kind of need to be a co-engineer. So let me explain this. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs with ADD, they need a website. And if you – it's hard for them to begin to visualize what they want their website to look like. Um, what I often tell them is go out on the Internet and try to find a website that you like. Um, now you have a template. And then you could just say, I'm going to change the picture, change the words on that template. Or what is helpful is if you co-design a website. That's where you're sitting down with somebody who um, is developing a website, and you say, okay, I want you to do this, and they do it, you see it in real time. Because you can think it's going to look like something and describe it to somebody, but often it, it doesn't, or you see something you didn't do because you're not able to create that in your mind. This is a bit difficult sometimes because in the scenario of web design, a lot of people just want the instructions and they want to go do it, and then they come back, and there's a lot of going back and forth. Um, but the idea here really is, is if you're going to bend your brain to do it that way, I think you're going to have more difficulty as opposed to, hey, listen, I need somebody where we can do it together and or um, um, find somebody who kind of insists upon it because that way it, it's helpful for you. You can't. Um, always just visualize it and say, this is what I want. It's an iterative process. Uh, for those that have followed uh, me as a coach and my website, digcoaching.com, there's a lot of images that are there. And my graphics person, a lot of times, I'll describe a scenario to them, and it usually takes several drafts for us to go back and forth to convey the message that I'm looking for. Sometimes what I'm trying to communicate is difficult, but also sometimes there's a lot of other nuances. Um, I say this, I wanted a graphic one time to to talk about time and uh, time variance is an exercise. And I was, how do you communicate something like that? And uh, I was kind of cool. We ended up with a little clock that's flat that was doing sit-ups. And my little aha Bob standing up uh, yelling spring forward, fall back, uh, which is a play on, a, you know, daylight savings. And then the top of it was time calisthenics. Um, that coming up with that image was not something that I just had. It was an iterative process where we were going back and forth, um, and that I would describe stuff, and the graphics person would have ideas, and they would come back with the image, and we would go back and forth because I couldn't create that image in my mind. Um, a lot of times, people with ADHD might be planning a party or something, and they want to be a certain way, and they have a hard time doing that, so they have to do it on paper or projects. And sometimes, what you're doing is that map is so big, there's just layers. Imagine a house. Um, a blueprint for a house architect. You've got the electrical, you've got the plumbing, uh, you've got the HVAC, and a lot of times you'll have plans and you have to kind of take layers off at different time and put them all back together um, because that's a very complex schema and diagram. And a lot of people with ADHD, they won't draw the architectural plan, if you will, or there's different slices of it. And so they give up and they don't do the work and they can't visualize it. And so they just they get frustrated. Anyway, the purpose of today was, again, to illuminate the role of uh, visual working memory, or as Dr. Barkley calls the mind's eye, as an executive function, and how it's challenging for people uh, with ADHD to do this, and it looks like a focus issue when, in reality, it's really 
and working memory on a visual imagery side. Um, and the focus really should be on ways to make it visual. Um, and ways to manage the visual side, again, if you've got lots of things that are out, they can be a bit of a challenge. Uh, if you have, if it's everything you have to do, oh, which by the way, too, when somebody is um, kind of decluttering something, a lot of times it's best if somebody's asking them questions to say, what is this item? What are you going to use it for? Where's it going to go? Because you're actually asking them questions to help them think um, through what's going on. They're not getting rid of it because they don't really know what to do with it and they need a conversation so that they can think out loud to make that happen. So anyway, I want to pull this together and wrap this all up. Again, my hope today is this gave you a glimpse on really what visual working memory is, its role in executive functioning, and its role in ADHD. I hope you begin to understand why um, there are lots of systems and structures that are designed to externalize thinking to make it easier for you. Uh, and that, in one sense, sometimes technology is glamorized uh, because it just it holds everything. It's, it's, it sounds convenient, but it can be a challenge for people with ADHD. And that um, um, a lot of times you're being uh, encouraged or bullied by society to do it non-paperless because it's convenient for them. And when I'm asked for tips and tricks and strategies around them, it's easier to advocate for yourself than change your brain. So I hope this gave you some insight. I hope it gives you a mindset to begin to think about things and work forward a positive way. So with that, thanks, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Our secret word tonight is I. Again, our secret word tonight is I. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Video. Take care.